I'm Crystal Keating, and this is the Johnny and Friends Ministry Podcast. Each week, we're bringing you real conversations about disability and finding hope through hardship. Over the past few days, the world has changed rapidly. Anxiety has grown. Many are nervous about the future as we deal with the effects of a global pandemic. In times like these, when fear can take over, it's important to remind ourselves of the sovereignty of God. Today, I'm sitting down with Johnny Erickson Tata to bring you a special conversation focusing on the sovereignty of our Lord. In the midst of a world that is rapidly changing, I'm sitting down with Johnny Erickson Tata today as we put our focus on the sovereign Lord who remains the same, steadfast and trustworthy. Thank you for joining me on the podcast today, Johnny. Well, it's good to be here, and especially uh, in my own home. We are. Uh, you guys came to the door a few minutes ago with your recording equipment, and here <laughs> we are in my guest bedroom, and uh, with all this stuff set up because I have to be indoors. You do, and we are practicing good social distancing here, and I'm just so glad to have this time with you because people are really wondering, how are you feeling about everything happening in our world right now? I mean, how are you and Ken doing with the many changes that have occurred within the last few weeks, even last few hours due to the rapid spread of the coronavirus? Well, I think I am like most of our listeners. Just yesterday, I was all ready to go to work this morning. (laughs) had lots of projects on my desk, and I got on the phone with our president and chief operating officer, our CFO. We put our heads together, and their advice was to support my husband, Ken Tata, and say, stay home, Johnny. You're a quadriplegic. You are at risk. You have a compromised immune system. You have limited lung capacity. You're one of those vulnerable people Mm -hmm. that President Trump and everybody else keeps talking about. And frankly, Crystal... I wasn't real happy about the decision at first because I am a let's get this done kind of person. Oh yeah. So I You hit the ground running. I at do. Any I keep, moment. I keep my wheelchair on rabbit speed, not turtle. And so uh, my girlfriend, uh, my secretary brought home this morning all the all the files, all the dictate correspondence, all the deadlines, everything I need to do. So I'm just staying indoors and working from my computer. But I I probably feel like most of us. um, It's a little confining, a little restricting. Mm -hmm. But, you know, God is teaching us all such a lesson, isn't he? Mm. Because we all think we're in control. We have our lives tidy, neat, orderly, regulated, regimented. And then all of a sudden, God lobs this hand grenade of a coronavirus into our midst and we realize we're not in control. Oh, no. It's shaking us up. And it's causing us to run to the Word of God, to lean upon His sovereignty, mm-hmm. to look for His control in the midst of what seem to be very tenuous circumstances. Mm-hmm. So, my husband and I feel cool, calm, collected, and we are just um, putting our spiritual antennae up and trying to be um, observant of the protocols and yet get the work of the kingdom done. Amen, amen. Well, you said it yourself, you are taking precautions because of your quadriplegia, your compromised lung capacity. I'm curious to know how Ken's doing. What has your husband experienced concerning the strange new world we find ourselves in? I mean, what are you and Ken advising your Christian community to do? Well, Ken and I are advising 
our Christian community to do what the butcher at Gelson's Meat Market did yesterday. <laughs> Can I tell you about that? Please do. Okay, so Ken was at Gelson's, and like most people, uh, shelves are empty, bare yeah, in their are. supermarkets. It's so weird. It is weird. And so Ken went up to the meat counter to get uh, a couple of packages of hamburger, and there were only, what, a handful of items there, pork, chicken, beef, and there was a crowd of people, mm. and everybody's grabbing for everything. Suddenly, the butcher stood up behind the counter, and he said, everybody, listen up. There are only a limited number of supplies here, so we're only allocating two packages of meat per person. Mm. Think of the person next to you. Think of your neighbor. Let's look out for everyone else. And Ken said that the change in atmosphere around him was electric. Wow. Suddenly, people dropped the dog-eat-dog, get-out-of-my-way, that's my piece of meat there in the mm -hmm. counter. And it seemed they realized, wait a minute, we're neighbors. Right. We, we know each other. We're friends. I'm going to look out for you. And he said it was, it was interesting that all of a sudden people's attitudes changed. They cared about one another. Oh, do you have a package of meat? Well, here's one over here. It, it, no it was way. just remarkable. And so I think that that's what Ken and I want to convey to the rest of the Christian community. We should be leaders like that butcher yes. at Gelson's Meat Market. We should know the prudent and the right thing to do. We should articulate it. We should talk about it. We should, we should remember that Proverbs 14, verse 34 says, righteousness exalts a nation. And this virus is our chance for Americans and for Christians to demonstrate right living it is. before God as we as we think of each other, as we take leadership, as we pray for our families, remember our neighbors who are elderly. Mm -hmm. My husband uh, is going over to Bob Hollander's house across the street. He's an elderly Jewish man and making certain that he's got somebody picking up supplies for him. So, so we need to look out for one another mm -hmm. and we need to take leadership in that. Mm -hmm. In the worst of times, Christians should be at their best. Mm -hmm. That is right. What an opportunity for us to even get to know our neighbors, to see if they have needs in the name of Christ. Well, how do we keep from buying into the fear and panic all around us? Well, we've got to remember that this virus is no surprise to our sovereign God, mm. and underline that word sovereign. Like any natural disaster, um, this virus is like a fire. A fire has great potential to bring out the best in us or the worst in us. The same flame of a fire can either cook a steak or ruin acres of mm. precious forest within minutes. So it is as we face this virus, if one contracts the virus, it, 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 we need to remember that this could very well be our chance to mm, develop trust, confidence, reliance on God. Mm -hmm. This is our chance to develop Christian character. We need not have fear breed amongst us or self-centeredness or anger. The way we respond depends on our perspective and our attitude. I'm thinking of 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, for God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power of love, and of self-discipline. I think the best remedy against panic is self-discipline mm. and keeping the perspective that God gives us, that He is in control, and according to Second uh, Timothy, He hasn't given us a spirit of fear, That's right. but of power and love in these kinds of circumstances. That is right. Well, you wrote earlier this week that you have a deep personal conviction regarding the doctrine of God's sovereignty. 
And it's a doctrine that brings you great peace during times like these. Oh, absolutely. Especially during this coronavirus uh, breakout. We need to remember, like I need to remember constantly, Crystal, that God is sovereign. I mean, that's not something I just had to learn when I broke my neck. Every day when I get up and there's a new challenging Mm -hmm. secondary complication related to my disability, I've got to remember God is sovereign. That is, He possesses ultimate power. I've got to remember He's able to work out even bad things to accomplish good in us and glory for Himself. Um, Sure, His relationship to suffering nevertheless is mysterious, but we know for certain that He is able to steer calamities always to serve His good purposes. Mm. And, And for instance, when I broke my neck, I know that God took no pleasure in it. Mm -hmm. I mean, like any father who's got compassion on his children, I know it pained his heart to see me get hurt. Yet, at the same time, it pleased the Lord to permit my accident. That's so strange. I mean, my spinal cord injury was something he sovereignly designed for my benefit, but how is it that he also grieves about it? Well, Crystal, I once heard Dr. John Piper say that God has this incredible capacity to look at the world through two lenses, Hmm. through a narrow lens and a wide-angle one. Uh, Like when God looks at a painful event, even through a narrow lens, He sees the tragedy for what it is. He sees this coronavirus. His heart breaks when He sees the statistics raised globally of of the numbers of deaths and Hmm. thinking of all the families who are hurt. So, He sees the tragedy for what it is, and He's grieved. He feels the sting in His chest. However, When God looks at the same event, whether it's my broken neck or whether it's this virus, when he looks at it through his wide-angle lens, he sees this natural disaster in relation to everything leading up to it as well as everything flowing out of it. He sees this grand mosaic stretching into eternity, and it is this mosaic with all its parts, both good and evil, which bring him great delight. I've seen my own little church I am so amazed at the way we're looking out for each other. It's a new dimension of caring. Mm. I see a new level of compassion. I see people stepping up to the plate, as you mentioned earlier, getting to know our neighbors. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a wonderful way to demonstrate hope in your community, up and down your street. And I think this is the good that God is seeing. So, Mm. like I said earlier, Crystal, this, this, the worst of times may be... Uh, an opportunity for Christians to be at their best. That is so true. And Johnny, I know you love this one quote from Alan Redpath that I think explains God's sovereignty so well. He writes, There is no circumstance, no trouble, no testing that can ever touch me until, first of all, it has gone past God and past Christ right through to me. If it has come thus far, it has come with great purpose. Isn't that the truth? And even as you read that, I'm thinking of Bible verses that support that, like Lamentations chapter 3, verse 38, where it says, Is it not from the mouth of the Most High that both calamities and good things come? Mm. And then in Isaiah 45, God says, I form the light, I create darkness, I bring prosperity, and I create disaster. I, the Lord, do these things. Mm. Now, we've got to remember that those Bible verses have to be put in the context of a 
compassionate, caring God. Mm-hmm. Because there may very well be people listening to us who have contracted the virus. Right. And yeah, okay, in their head, they know God is sovereign. But in their emotions, oh my goodness, yep. it's a roller coaster right now. Mm-hmm. So I think even as we speak of God's sovereignty to our neighbors and friends, and I'm speaking directly to those listening right now, let's be careful. Let's not just put out these verses like, shape up, come on. Get, get with the program. What's the matter with you? God's in control. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. We can't do that. We've got to remember there are, well, there's some elderly people in care centers right now who don't have visitors. They can't see their families. They're frightened. Mm-hmm. So perhaps the best recourse right now is not to plaster Lamentations 338 on a note and send it to them, but maybe the best thing to do is to send them a note assuring them of prayer and supporting them. Yes, God's in control. He runs the world. And you know what? He loves you, and so do I. So, let's remember to lace these wonderful Bible verses about God's ultimate power with His compassion. And He always shows His compassion best through people like you and me and our listeners. He does. You know, so I know that people write to us and they really want to know deep down, if God is in control, why does He allow things like the coronavirus to keep going? Why doesn't He stop it? I mean, does He exercise all of His capacity to rule and control everything? What role does Satan have in our world? I mean, there's evil happening. There is, and we need to remember that we live in a very broken world. Back in the Garden of Eden, after our original sin, uh, after people sinned, God had to wire this world in a way that it's difficult, it's painful, it's terribly broken. But God always laces His sovereignty with His sweet mercy. Mm. Uh, I often say that, uh, that Satan delivers the things that God sends. Isn't that, a, isn't that an interesting way of putting it? Yeah. I mean, because God's overarching right. decrees allow for Satan to do things, but God permits all sorts of things to occur that he does not approve of. Hmm. I mean, j- just look real quickly. Maybe we've mentioned this before, but the crucifixion of Christ. Look at all that was involved there that Satan instigated. Hmm. Satan inspired evil prompted Pontius Pilate to hand down justice, and Satan-inspired evil entered the heart of Judas Iscariot, who handed Jesus over for for a couple of pieces of silver. So, there was treason, injustice, murder. Look at those drunken Roman soldiers torturing Jesus. I mean, God permitted Satan to do these things, and it obviously broke God's heart because this was his precious son. But, as I, I like to say, God permits what he hates to accomplish things that he loves, And so, God is in this miraculous business, even in the midst of this coronavirus, uh, reaching down into what otherwise looks like awful evil and pulling out of it positive good for us and an advancement for his kingdom. So, Satan may bring, he might deliver the things that God sends, but but he can only do it with permission. I'm thinking of, uh, what is it, Matthew chapter 4, where Jesus said to Satan, away from me. And then, you know what? The devil left him. The devil had to obey. So, Satan cannot instigate anything, even this Mm. virus, without God's permission. Mm. But again, God is this incredible God who can always hijack Satan's schemes Mm. to serve his own ends and purposes. It's like God is on the, he's the stowaway on Satan's bus. God is erecting up barriers and roadblocks, guiding the bus this way and that, Mm. so that his purposes are always accomplished. And, and Crystal, pardon me, but I've got to say it again because I continue to be amazed by it. 
I think when I took that dive on that raft, Satan was thinking, up, oh, we're going to shipwreck this girl's faith. Right. We're going to make her story one of, you know, depression and, and resentment. But, but God aborted it to turn me into a young woman, well, now an old woman, <laughs> who, can, who can reflect something of the character of God and, and compassion to other people who hurt. Mm-hmm. And so many people have come to know Jesus Christ because of you. And God certainly turned that plan on its head. So, you know, Johnny, in a global pandemic, as we're experiencing right now, when we could easily be filled with so many what-ifs, where should our thoughts be directed? I think primarily prayer. I am so proud of our team at Johnny and Friends right now, because even as we speak, there are groups gathering together, although keeping their social distance. Some of us are meeting virtually, but uh, we are meeting together, gathering in prayer, asking the Lord to, well, a number of things, to be exalted in the midst of this virus. Um, We are remembering to pray about Ephesians 1 verse 11. Lord Jesus, please work out everything, even this virus, in conformity with the purpose of your will. We're asking God to remind his children of, uh, well, okay, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, where it says, you know quite well that we were destined for trials. May God remind us of that. Uh, May God prosper the the, uh, corona task force that's working with various healthcare agencies. May God safeguard the elderly, the vulnerable, um, people with disabilities, ventilator-dependent individuals. So, uh, this is the way we can respond. This is what we should be doing as Christians. Mm. And when I think about God fulfilling His plans for this virus, Krista, let me tell you one way I am praying. Piper once said that natural disasters like this virus are a, quote, thunderclap of God's mercy. Mm. Like, a, like a thunderclap, like a shaken, shake your shoulders, wake up, people. Mm. Yellow flags waving, red lights mm. beeping, boo-doo, boo-doo, boo-doo. wake up, wake up. You know, it, it, think about what's happening here, friends, um, reminding everybody how short and frail and brief and fragile life is. There is a heaven to reach and a hell to be avoided. Mm-hmm. And that's how I'm praying that God will use this disaster to, well, okay, to wake up some stubborn neighbors on my street who have been resistant against the gospel for so long. Mm-hmm. I'm praying that this virus will cause them to not run away from God, but, yeah. but run to Him. It's, let's, let's look at this virus as a thunderclap of His mercy, waking us up out of our spiritual slumber and giving us Christians an opportunity to give hope and help. Absolutely. Well, in a time when Christians aren't able to gather at a church, more than ever, the body of Christ has an opportunity to be the church, right? Especially being mindful of people with disabling conditions, those who are elderly and medically vulnerable. So, Johnny, as we close our time together, would you please share some encouragement and directions for Christian followers who are listening today? Yes, we're going to pray. What else can we do to make the most of this time? I think one thing is to go up and down your street Make, make this an opportunity to, to just knock on a door, stand back at a distance, and say, from a distance, is there any way I can serve you mm-hmm. during this difficult time? Can I run an errand for you? I mean, if you know of an elderly person, a, a single mother on your street, someone who's a widow in your apartment, in your complex, seek out those people who might not have anyone defending them, interceding for them. Secondly, I, I don't know about you, Krista, but I am going into overdrive 
when it comes to notes of encouragement. Mm. I, I think I've already sent out what yesterday was like. I sent, put in the mail 15 cards of encouragement My to goodness. disabled people that I know, reminding them of these scriptures, some of which we've spoken of today. I'm the texting. I'm texting my, all my disabled friends, sending them, again, encouraging scriptures and asking if they need help. I was on the phone last night with a couple of quadriplegic friends of mine for whom I pray regularly. So th- this is what we can do. Be alert. Don't hunker down. Don't retreat. Open the door. Observe protocol and social distancing. But find a way to look out for the weak, the vulnerable, the elderly, the fragile, those who have special health conditions, people that nobody else is watching out for. Look for them, because this is pure religion, that we look out for the interest of those who are alienated and alone, fragile and weak. Amen. Well, Johnny, thank you for bringing such clarity in a time that everything seems so cloudy and God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Thanks for your time today. Absolutely. What a great reminder of God's sovereignty, even in the midst of the unknown. As we read the news, we may be prone to anxiety and fear, but as Johnny shared, we can trust in God's goodness and in His sovereignty. And as Johnny and friends serve those people most vulnerable to the virus, we will continue praying and providing practical care to those who are faced with isolation on a daily basis. If you're struggling with health challenges or anxiety today, we would love to pray for you as well. Please visit our website at johnnyandfriends.org podcast or send me a message at podcast at johnnyandfriends.org. Thank you for listening today. To get our next episode automatically, please subscribe to our podcast. You can also follow Johnny and Friends on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'm Crystal Keating, and this is the Johnny and Friends Ministry Podcast.